what's up suckers it's me and uh if you're watching this and you're like wow ariana you look tired i have two kids at least one of whom has adhd when do i not which feeds perfectly into what we're going to be talking about today which is parenting when you are a parent with adhd So before I really get into it, as always, I wanted to say that, you know, if you really enjoy this, if this is your kind of thing, talking about ADHD, talking about accepting your brain, working with your brain, how to be productive on top of a number of other things, satisfied, happy, uh, then this is going to be the place for you and I suggest that you like and subscribe. It helps me find cool people, helps cool people find me. And if I find 10 more cool people, I can finally talk. So somebody recently, I asked uh, my little community here on YouTube what kind of videos they were looking for to make sure that I covered the stuff that you guys want to hear. And someone was kind enough to ask, I thought quite brilliantly, you know, you're a parent with ADHD, how do you do it? And I thought that that would make a great video um, before I realized uh, that I have so much to say on it that I could literally be here for hours. Before I started really talking about ADHD at length, I was more of a parenting blogger, I guess you could call it. I'm not quite sure what you would call that, but um, I talked about parenting a lot and I was very honest about parenting a lot. I even wrote a book about it. Uh, it's called Shame on You, Big Truths, My Bad Mom. You can go ahead and check it out if you want. The link will be in the description. And uh, that was my job, was basically helping parents realize that a lot of what they tell you parenting is supposed to be is complete bullshit. Uh, and back then I didn't know that I had ADHD. I suspected my son did, but I wasn't sure. And <laughs> basically uh, I had no idea how right I was about parenting just being nothing but new shit being thrown at you all the time. Um, and so I'm gonna preface this by saying that I'm not entirely certain exactly which part of parenting to go into. So I'm just gonna give you some of the tips that have worked for me. I am not by any shape or form a perfect parent. There is no such thing. But if you are listening to this and you're like, okay, but you sound like you at least kind of have your shit together and I feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants. We all feel like we're flying by the seat of our pants, okay? Our pants have no seat anymore because we are constantly flying by it. So <laughs> when you hear these kinds of things, if you're like, I've already tried that and that doesn't work for me, keep in mind that you are raising a whole ass person. Like it's another human being who's going to have the intricacies, the idiosyncrasies, and the ever-changing interests and disinterests of a human being. So these are just things that I have realized worked for me. If they don't work for you, at least it's a place to start. Okay, so tip number one, just launching right into it, uh, is more for you as a parent, and that's that you need to admit and recognize that your kids are going to trigger the shit out of you. Uh, we don't like admitting that because kids are supposed to be, I don't know, the, the books that you read before you have kids talk about it as if it is just the most magical wonderland full of pony farts and sparkles. And sometimes it is, but most of the time, especially when you have ADHD, it is 
a lot of learning on top of a lot of enjoyment. Sometimes it is just as fun and as full of hope and as full of lessons, happy lessons, as you'd like it to be. And sometimes, especially when you're more likely to have a hot temper, you're more likely to have sensory issues, you're more likely to um, get overwhelmed. These are things that children cause in neurotypical people. <laughs> so you can't hate yourself if you find that listening to your kid chew makes you want to throw them through the nearest window. You can't get upset with yourself for that because that is the way your brain works. Now, the way that you have to handle it is of course, what's the, the way they put it? Um, the first step to realizing there's a problem is to admit that you have one. So you have to admit to yourself that your kid triggers you and that it triggers certain negative aspects of your ADHD. That's not something that's necessarily going to be fun to admit, but it's the first step to you being able to handle it. Now, once you've realized that that is true, it's a little bit easier for you to recognize in the moment that maybe what you are feeling is more of a frustration because whatever they're doing is leaning on that particular button of yours. Like, say for example, um, you can't handle the sound of people eating, okay? And you've got a kid that chews with their mouth open. Now, parenting brains, I have found, really are great at rationalizing because we don't like to believe that we as adults could possibly just be frustrated to the point of, <laughs> of near violence over something that is small and really not all that important in the scheme of things. And I'm here to tell you that we absolutely can. That's 100% possible. And you have to be willing to admit to yourself, I'm not actually angry because Junior refuses to use a napkin like I told him to. Uh, yeah, it's really annoying when he just, just doesn't follow my rules, but I'm not upset about that. Honestly, I am this enraged because that noise is just, it's triggering something in me that's causing anxiety. And that is the problem, the main problem. Granted, Junior is a child and therefore is a bit of a, an asshole. Like, let's face it, kids, kids, they don't really mean to be, but they're assholes. But that is not the main problem. The main problem is me. And the main problem is just that this is something that affects me. And then what you wanna do when that happens is you wanna to try to remove yourself from the situation as much as possible. Now, when I say this, a lot of people think I mean bodily and they're like, I'm driving the car and my kids are fighting and the sound of them screaming really upsets me. How can I remove myself? Can I throw myself from the car while it's moving? Can I throw myself from the car when it's moving? And it's like, no, you, you can't. Listen, that's not what I'm saying. Remove yourself in this case basically just means distract yourself. If you can leave, I suggest leaving because especially when we're frustrated, our initial idea, our first wave of defense, I guess you could call it, is just to try to make it go away. 
right? The kids are arguing, and so your first inclination is to be like, if I hear any more yelling, I swear to God, I'm going to stop this car, and I'm going to let you out into the forest, and I'm going to let you get raised by wolves, right? If your kid is eating ice cream way too loud, you're very likely to like sit there and you know just like watch him with your eyes getting ever wider and then eventually you're just going to like snatch the ice cream and kobe bryant that shit into the trash can on the other side of the room may he rest in peace so that doesn't work really and it doesn't work for a couple reasons for one it leaves your kid kind of realizing that they can push your buttons and kids love pushing buttons it's like their favorite thing if you if you've ever taken them someplace and been like, don't push that button, and then turned your back for three seconds, they've pushed the fucking button, they will push your emotional buttons. And if they know that they can upset you, they're going to use that. Like, that's, it's just natural border pushing, right? Like I said, the kids are kind of dicks. It's just, it's part of their their development and then you know some people don't get out of that and they grow up to be adult dicks but we're not talking about that right now um so you know you don't want that and then you also don't want to instill more guilt in yourself because that's exactly what's going to happen when it happens uh after you toss that ice cream you're gonna feel better for like five seconds and then you're gonna be like man i could have handled that better i could have really shown them a lot better of an attitude. And I know for me, uh, what happens is sometimes when I react that way, when I yell or whatever, the first thing I wind up thinking is, you know, how would I feel if my son or daughter did that to someone they were dating when they got older? And the moment that I realized that that kind of behavior would be considered red flag behavior, I start to feel bad and I start to feel guilt. And there is, I feel, nothing that poisons parenting more than guilt. <laughs> so you really want to try to avoid getting into those situations yourself. So back to removing yourself from the situation. The way that you do that is you distract yourself. If you can, and you're in that ice cream shop, tell your kid, hey, we're going to go for a walk and try to get yourself out there so that you can listen to the surrounding sounds instead of your kid smacking their ice cream. If your kids are fighting in the back seat, turn on the music and try to turn it up as loud as you dare. Sing along at the top of your lungs. So um, you really just want to try to pay very close attention to how you're feeling inside when your kids are doing certain things that you know affect you. And then you want to do what you can to lower that feeling of panic, frustration, anxiety, whatever you want to call it. You want to try to do something to lower that. And you will not always do well at this. Um, I will get into that nearer the end of this, but this is a good place to start. So the next thing that I found that really works for me is um, I try to put myself in my son's shoes as much as I can. The one, I shouldn't say the one positive thing, but one of the positive things that comes out of both of us having ADHD is that I don't get as frustrated when he does really ADHD things because it's really easy for me to remember how I used to forget my homework even after I did it, right? Or that I have totally had times where people have told me or asked me to do things and I've been like, sure thing, and then I've walked, you know, five steps away and suddenly forgot exactly what I was going to do. And it's super easy 
to get frustrated with kids, especially, you know, when you're about to leave the house and you tell your kid to go get dressed and, you know, you're about to leave in three minutes and you turn around and your kid comes around the corner wearing like one sock and a pair of underwear and that's less clothes than they had on before you told them to get dressed. And you're like, how the hell did... You gotta take a deep breath and remember that even though as an adult you've gotten better, this was you once. This was you once. And when you remember that, that makes it easier for you to ask yourself a few questions. What was going through my mind or how did I feel when these things were happening to me? What usually caused me to get into this kind of kerfuffle? What do I wish people had said to me back then instead of what I'm thinking is saying right now? What used to work to help me get there? And you may not have answers for all of it. You're not expected to have answers for all of it, but it does help you treat the situation with a little bit more empathy than we used to get when we were kids because we understand more about what we're going through, what our brains are like and where this came from. So let's utilize that empathy. And I, I do that as much as I possibly can. And I have found that I am much less frustrated when my son does certain things that I think would usually frustrate any parent or any uh, adult. And that's because I realize we have very similar brains and mine has developed to mostly adult status, but that doesn't mean that I have to forget what it was like to have that brain in that time. Okay, so this is more of a practical thing, something that you can do right now that has made a huge difference for my son specifically. Um, when he first started school, this child would come home without everything. Like once he even came home without his backpack. And initially I did a lot of what parents did when I was coming up, which was just kind of to like ask him, well, why, how do you forget your backpack? You know without realizing, going back to what I said before, that he doesn't know, right? He probably got distracted and came back to the car and was like, eh, back feels a little light today. Maybe that means that uh, I'm, I'm in a good place emotionally. You know, he's not thinking that he forgot his backpack at school. So after I realized that that was what was going on, I realized that what he needed is he needed a reminder, a constant reminder. And obviously I can't remind him at school, right? So. What I did is I made him a school checklist. It's small and I taped it to the inside of his backpack. Um, and by the inside of his backpack, I mean the part that goes up against his back, not the actual inside because he barely looks inside his backpack as it is. That would be uh, a waste of time. So it's on the part of the backpack that goes up against his back when he's wearing it. And before school and before he leaves school, I encourage him to check that checklist to make sure that he has all the things that are on that list. And I'm gonna tell you right now, hell no, did that work right away. It also took some consistency on my and my husband's part when we would pick him up from school, we would say, hey, let's check that checklist real quick before we leave school grounds. And we would go over it and we would go down each list and we would help him look in his backpack and we would read it out to him and at first, there were a lot of times where he would come back and we would look at the checklist and be like, where's this thing? Like, what happened with that? But eventually, he started doing it himself. It was eventually more of a habit or a routine for him, but we had to help him get there. And that's kind of how it's going to be for ADHD kids 
uh, in general. And sometimes it's going to take a little bit longer than you would think, but that's how you get them into the habit of doing some of the things that you want them to do regularly. And the school checklist was probably one of the quicker turnarounds because he had that regular reminder. Um, and this is, this next thing is kind of more advice um, because the person who asked me, I'm not entirely certain if they were asking like, how do you balance, you know, parenting and, and uh, ADHD? And if that is something that you want me to go more into detail with, I will um, because I do have a number of different processes in place but I'm going to say right now that if you're thinking that all you have to do is find a perfect balance and you'll be able to take care of your kids perfectly and take care of your work perfectly and take care of your house perfectly, that is never, ever, ever going to happen. And that's not because you have ADHD, because this is the same for neurotypical parents. That's because life has way too many damn things for you to do and you just don't have enough energy to do them all. Technically, you have enough time if you ate into your sleep and you're already probably pretty low energy, uh, but then you're going to be hitting a wall pretty fast. It's unrealistic and unfair to think that all you have to do is figure it out and eventually you will get it all done perfectly. That will not happen. So most of the time, you have to sit down and you have to figure out things in one of two ways. You either have to sit down and look at work, life, and family and pick the top one to two things that you want to get done in that day to be satisfied and try to go after those and those alone. Or what's really been working for me is something called... Um, some people call it theming. I think another person calls it categorizing. Basically, it's where I decide what the main focus of my day is. And sometimes uh, it is just a category. It's like, today I want to focus on my writing. Like, that's what I'm focusing on today. Other times, it's like, I'm going to focus on getting my kids outside. Like, you know, yesterday I had a lot of work to do. And so I let them play Minecraft from sunup to sundown. But we can't have them doing that all the time. So we're going to let them go outside and, and play. Uh, and I'll take them outside for a walk or something. But I allow myself to focus on a couple categories at a time, and I allow myself to be either a productive worker, a productive member of my household, or a productive mom. I cannot do all. Now, notice that I did not say I only allow myself to be a good mom sometimes because... Again, this is going back into my old parenting days, and I'm not going to do this uh, to you because I could rant about this forever, but being a productive mom is not necessarily being a good mom, okay? The fact that you don't necessarily bake cookies for your kids uh, for the school bake sale or the fact that, you know, maybe you let your kid go a day or two without having to brush their hair does not mean that you're a bad parent and too many people, usually without kids, let you think that that is what you have to do to be a good parent, and you don't. You can be a good parent and say, hey, I can't hang with you to play all day today. I don't have time to do this. I will do it tomorrow. And then you do it tomorrow. You're still a good parent. So when you're sitting there trying to figure this shit out, don't let yourself 
feel guilty. I shouldn't say don't let yourself feel guilty because here's the thing. Um, guilt is normal and it is a feeling and you cannot stop a feeling. But what you can do is you can treat that feeling as if it is just a warning system and then you can decide either to shut that warning system on or off. Uh, and you, you just look at that guilt and shut it off. You cannot focus on everything at one time. That's that. And my final thing here, uh, again, more of a warning, is that you are going to mess this up. All of it, okay? You are going to do your absolute best as a parent with ADHD. And you are going to have things in order sometimes and have kids appointments on the calendar and you're going to have, you know, read to them every single night before bed or, or you're going to have given them great advice to help them deal with friends. And other times you are going to completely and utterly fuck it up. And especially when you have rejection sensitive disorder that can send you into an absolute spiral and you can't let it. So I'm going to close this with a story just to let you guys know what that I know what I'm talking about from experience. This happened two days ago without getting into the full specifics. My son was caught doing some pretty messed up stuff. Um, nothing violent or evil or, you know, earth shattering, but still bad enough that it was a nasty surprise. And I was tired because I hadn't slept well in the last couple days. I was mentally and physically exhausted. And then I got hit with face. And yes, my defenses were down, but I was still responsible for my behavior and it wasn't great. I raised my voice, I yelled, I said a lot of things that I had no business saying to my kid. Um, you know, no swearing or like whatever, but just definitely I was not nice. And, uh, you know, then when my husband tried to tell me to calm down, I yelled at him too. And then I eventually dissolved into a puddle of tears uh, out of fear and anxiety and panic and exhaustion. And um, I'm sure everybody in my family thought that I was one cheeseburger short of a Happy Meal. And when this happens, our brains are tempted to rip us apart and just blame us for everything and take us down that spiral I mentioned and um, kind of just tell us, you know, what, what are you even doing being a parent? Like, give up, man, you suck. And that helps no one, okay? Definitely, you can feel ashamed, you can feel sad, you can feel disappointed in yourself, but especially in situations like this, it's not about us, it's about the people that we hurt or the people that we didn't respond well to. And so in those moments, it's best for us to apologize, to squirrel away the feelings that we had in those moments so that we can remember them later, and then to try to make it better from then on. And that's what I did. I apologized to my husband, I apologized to my son, I gave him huge hugs and cried some more, and I'm sure he was probably like, oh my God, get out of my room, you insane, insane woman. But the point is, you are not going to ever be a perfect parent, no matter who you are, whether you have ADHD or not. And if you have ADHD, there are certain things that you are going to have to work harder at. But the one thing that I can say to those of us who do have ADHD is that 
we have an advantage in that we know what it's like, especially if we have kids uh, who have ADHD. But even if we don't, we remember what it's like to mess up and to get yelled at. We remember what it's like to have people say things that are hurtful and then not apologize, okay? We, we remember what it's like to forget things seemingly out of nowhere. Um, we remember those things. And so that gives us the advantage of empathy. And usually when you're acting from an, a place of empathy, you can genuinely figure out a creative way to move forward. So if I missed anything or if you had any other questions or if there was something else that you wanted to know about ADHD parenting with it, uh, I am here, drop it in the comments and I'll be happy to answer it. Uh, thank you very much for watching or listening. Drink some water, take care of yourself and I'll see you in the next video.